Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. Your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. Welcome, everyone, to episode 41 of the Backcheck. Brendan and Stefan here, as always, and we have a great guest coming on today, our buddy at NHL Rumors Daily on Twitter, as everyone knows him, because his big thing is he's anonymous, but he does have some real factual scoops i know that stefan and i are always chirping at him on twitter whenever he's dropping stuff stefan has a joke going with him now if you want to explain the joke that you got going with nhl rumors daily or nrd as we're going to call him throughout the show yeah so i like calling him mr nrd because again i have no idea who the guy is but uh no i mean he has so many scoops i think it, would, it just would be right if tostito sponsored him it just makes perfect sense tostito scoops might be a little corny Corn chips or tortilla chips or whatever the case may be. That was bad. I'll see myself You're just out. connecting the um, right now. No, but like, it's genius. It just makes sense. Tostitos, if you're listening, which you're definitely not. Um, yeah, no, it would just make a lot of sense if that was the connection. But no, we are definitely excited to have him on because, you know, his name might have rumors in it, but his rumors turn into absolute fact. You know, we'll talk to him about the Duggan Keith move, but I'm pretty sure he said that a month ago that he was going to Edmonton. And voila, it happened. So... You know, he's a stand-up guy. We've had him on before. Great guy to talk to. Funny. He has the jokes as well. But he really knows his stuff. I think that we got to reach out to Tostito's PR department right now. You know, maybe we'll get like a back check uh, promo code every time he pops on, which is like uh, Tostito's 20 or Scoop 20 or something like that. And we can plug it in whenever he pops into the show because that, that's a good idea. I kind of like it. Without further ado, Mr. NRD is here and he's probably ready to talk. Let's bring him on. What's up, gentlemen? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Busy time of year, right? Oh, yeah, busy. well, def- definitely more busy for you. But we were explaining before you came on about the Tostitos joke that I've absolutely run into the ground. But I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to stop. So, you know, hopefully you enjoy it. From you. I took it. I let it run on its uh, on its own. I took it from you. After you uh, tweeted it, I put it out there. Everybody thought it was my idea. Should have given you the credit. But, you know, I'm used to other people taking my stuff. So, <laughs> That's so true. I guess we'll... We'll kick things off with, first, I want to ask you about the Islander situation with Tarasenko. And obviously, you've got multiple teams he wants to go to, 10-team list. What are you hearing right now about Tarasenko and the Islanders? We know they reached out, but is there anything else you could tell us? I can tell you from what I've heard, and I know Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, who uh, covers the Blues there for The Athletic, just put out an uh, article about an hour ago, or an hour, after, uh, hour prior to when we're recording this, about some of the teams that are now confirmed to be on Tarasenko's go-to list that he's okay with going to. The Islanders are on that list, the Rangers, 
yep. the Flyers, the Bruins, the Lightning, the uh, Florida Panthers, the usual suspects, right? The, the teams that are good, that are primed to make a run next year. Nothing unoriginal, nothing out of the out of this world about that list. But I think he's going east. I think it's pretty safe to say at this point he's going to the Eastern Conference. Um, most of those teams on that list were the Eastern Conference. L.A., I know, looked into the possibility. I don't know if they even cracked the list. I know Rutherford was able to put out eight of the ten teams that are on his list. There's two outstanding that we don't know about. I don't know if L.A. is one of them. I know they looked into it. But it's pretty safe to at this point to say that Tarasenko's coming east. Now, as it pertains to the New York Islanders, I think they have a decision to make now. They have to re, uh, bring back Adam Pellick. And this Brandon Carlo extension in Boston that happened today is good news for the Islanders. It was a very good deal for the Bruins. It was team-friendly. They got him locked up, cost-controlled for a long-term uh, contract. And now the ball's back in Lou Lamorello's court to maybe lower his expectations of what he would have had to get for an Adam Pellick. So you're good there. You saved a little bit of cash there. But at the end of the day, they're still going to need to clear out some of this cap space in order to bring in a guy like Tarasenko. And whether that comes from moving Nick Letty to St. Louis in that deal or moving Nick Letty in an adjacent deal that helps out the money there, or if Nick Letty gets picked up by Seattle in the expansion draft next week, so at some point something's going to have to give with the money situation with the New York Islanders. And that's why a lot of people ask me, and I know a lot of questions came in for the show tonight about what the Islanders' plans are with Tarasenko. And I keep telling people that an ex- a, success- a successful offseason for the New York Islanders is just going to be bringing back their RFAs, bringing back guys like uh, Adam Pellet, bringing back Anthony Bavillier, maybe getting Paul Mary to take a hometown discount in return. Zach Parise, I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I think that's a very successful offseason for the New York Islanders. And I'm not saying Tarasenko – might not be wearing orange and blue next year, but I think that the expectations of the fan base to bring in a guy like Tarasenko should be tampered a little bit or tapered a little bit only because of their cap situation. I think if Lou Lamar, if anybody could do this, it's Lou Lamorello, but there's a lot of dominoes that are going to have to fall here first before Tarasenko ends up playing at UBS arena next season. Now you, you mentioned the, the 10 team no trade list quick before Stefan jumps back in. A lot of those teams have like the Russian connection, you know, where they have some Russian players on it. Do you think that that's going to play a factor and well did play a factor in those 10 teams? And do you think that ultimately where he goes is going to have somebody like a countryman on there so he could have some familiar faces in the locker room? Well, if I know you, Brendan, I know that there's one Russian in particular that you're asking about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we knew I, I that was going. I don't know if I want Tarasenko on the right. I don't know <laughs> if I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I know you're referring to Artemi Panarin, the New York Rangers superstar. And to be quite honest with you, I have not heard anything about the New York Rangers placing any phone calls. But then again, Chris Jury placed things very close to his chest. Yep. I may never know, and the deal might happen with the Rangers, and we could all be surprised here together. But it is interesting because the last time I came on the show a couple months ago, we spoke a little bit about Chris Kreider, right? About maybe Jeff Gordon and uh, John Davidson would ask Chris Kreider what his plans are with that no movement clause this offseason as it pertains to Seattle and whatnot. And it's ironic to me that Jeremy Rutherford in this article where he talks about the 10, no tra- uh, the 10 trade team list for Vladimir Tarasenko raises the possibility that the Rangers could do it if Chris Jury talks to Chris Kreider about uh, waiving that no movement clause. So if you're looking at it in terms of the Russian connection with the Rangers, there might be a pathway to do it there. But as far as other Russians go, you're looking at Evgeny Kuznetsov. He's a guy that's probably going the other way because the Capitals don't want to keep him anymore. 
obviously is a fellow uh, fellow countryman there with the Washington Capitals by the name of Alex Ovechkin. Pretty good. He's not going anywhere. He's safe in Washington for the rest of his career. But Kuznetsov's going to go the other way if they make that deal. So that's something to kind of say that's a wash when it comes to the countryman connection. Other than that, you got Bobrovsky in Florida, but Bobrovsky's obviously not a fan favorite there. They drafted Spencer Knight, and Bobrovsky has earned maybe 10 cents on the dollar of the contract that he signed. So I agree to your point that it might play a factor, but not as much as you would think just because his list, I mean, he's got heavy hitters. He's got the top teams in the league on his list, and one of those teams are going to acquire him, and every team's got a Russian. So I don't think that's going to play as big of a factor as you mentioned, but that's not to to disagree credit your point here i think there's a valid point to be said but i think it's a moot point yeah i was just looking at it you got like the rangers island islanders flyers have Provorov, the bolts have kucherov you know so it's about eight or six of those eight teams that were listed have at least one prominent russian name on it so kind of gives you that little sense that he wants to play alongside somebody that uh, he's familiar with yeah so i'll jump back in brendan that was a great question by the way but uh if he goes to tampa i'm gonna throw up he won't. Just because, yeah. Just, no, I don't. I feel, they're, 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 I, I feel pretty safe in saying that. Actually, if you want to talk about Tampa really quick, I was just talking to somebody within the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. I don't, I'm still not buying that Stamkos would be on the move. Yeah. Um, I think that their, their cap space, their relief is going to come in some form of working out a deal with Seattle that involves Tyler Johnson and another piece ending up playing for the Kraken, whether that's Andre Pilat. I mean, a good young player that's a free agent at the end of next season that they're probably going to have to have problems with resigning anyway. So if you have to give up Johnson and Palat and a pick to Seattle just to kind of say, listen, we're going to cut our losses now to avoid the elephant in the room of Steven Stamkos or Alex Kalorn, I think that's the most likely way that Tampa Bay gets out of their cap relief. But I don't think Kucherov, uh, Tarasenko is going there because of that. They just they have a lot of things to work on right now. So personally for me, and looking at the Islanders, again, you like you said, their whole goal this offseason is we're going to keep, we're going to bring back all of our RFAs, which they should, and get a guy like Palmieri back. And my my hope for the Islanders' sake is that Letty's dealt, everybody gets picked up in the expansion. However it works out, they get rid of those contracts. But have you heard anything, before we move on from Tarasenko, about his medical records, and is he 100% healthy? From my knowledge, he is. I mean, he's gotten three surgeries. They better fix the damn issue right now. <laughs> well, but he wasn't funny. happy about that. He wasn't happy. It's funny that you brought that up because I had a follower of mine, a St. Louis fan, who was obviously rooting for the best possible return in the trade. They were tweeting me the other day. They're like, it's just like fixing a car. You bring it to one mechanic, he doesn't do the job, but by the third time, the car works. And I'm like, no, not exactly, because you end up <laughs> under the knife under anesthesia each time you're going under for these surgeries. I mean, it's a little different than fixing a car. It's not like you can pick up the catalog and order a new shoulder, but um, I think he's healthy. Obviously he's just not happy with the organization and we're seeing a similar thing there in Buffalo with Jack Eichel and his injury. So it's not unprecedented for a guy to just say, listen, I'm unhappy with how my treatment went down. I'm unhappy with the team doctors, whatever they made me do to rehab and whatnot. But I think the issue's fixed. I mean, he's played since then. So I don't think it's a major concern. I think teams are just a little wary. I mean, the guy doesn't want to be there because of how his surgeries have went. If you're a GM of one of the other 31 teams across the league, you're going to be a little concerned about what's going on there, but nothing that I've heard uh, you look, is yeah. major. 
Gotcha. You brought up a, a soft spot for Brendan right now about the cars and getting it fixed because he had an issue with Nissan, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I did. My, they're just an absolute disaster. You want to talk about dumpster fires when it comes to certain hockey teams? Well, their whole dealership was a mess there too. But you uh, you mentioned Jack Eichel. And before I let Stefan get to his next question, I know we had a lot of fans that commented on my thing and asked about this as well. And it's always going to be a hot topic, at least until he finally gets moved. So, there's, he's still linked to the Rangers. The last time we had you on, he was. You were talking about that. and he's, His name's still there. They seem like still one of the front runners, but kind of, at least from my perspective, looks like they've taken a more cautious approach since that over the last couple of months regarding the injury. So what do you think happens with the Rangers and Eichel? Do you think something does happen? And if something doesn't, do you think the Rangers are looking to pivot somewhere else? I think they're still in play. They're absolutely one of the heavy hitters in the Eichel sweepstakes. I don't think that's ever changed. Obviously, the media is going to talk about the hot name. And at one point, it was Anaheim, right? And then it was L.A., I should say. And then it was Anaheim. And then Columbus. You kept hearing Columbus. Now Calgary is getting thrown in with the mix of teams. But the one, the three constants, or at least two constants, have always been the New York Rangers and the Minnesota Wild. And I'm glad you mentioned the last time I was on the show because those were the two teams that I was alluding to. And everybody's going to say, listen, he left it vague on purpose so he can fill in the blank later on and act like he knew it the whole time. But – it's not the case here. Bill Guerin has been extremely aggressive in his tenure as the GM of the Minnesota Wild. So when I dropped that swoop on your show a couple months prior, I knew it was going to be Minnesota. And obviously the Rangers have been hot after him for a year now, going back to last offseason yep. when Eichel was first pondering the idea of leaving Buffalo. I think at this point in time, the Rangers have taken a cautious, cautious approach, like you said, because of the medicals. Nobody knows really what you're getting in Jack Eichel in terms of next season. You know you're getting a hell of a centerman, and you know you're getting him for $10 million for the next eight years, and those things are constant, right? But you don't know if you have to put him in an LTIR next season. You don't know if he's healthy. You could pull some caption shenanigans like the Tampa Bay Lightning did if he's on LTIR, and it could work out. I know it's a soft, uh, soft spot for you, Stefan, right now. I'm sorry. But <laughs> no, they played no, the rules. It, they played the yeah. rules. They, that's how I look at dealt. it. Yep, the cards were dealt that way. They took advantage of it. But I, I think that's why the Rangers have taken a cautious approach. But I pondered this question out there on Twitter yesterday. The names we're hearing involved in a potential Jack Eichel trade, at least I'll speak to Minnesota specifically because I'm pretty clued in on to what's going on there. It's going to be Marco Rossi. It's going to be Boldy, right? It's maybe Matthew Dumba in a, as a money going the other way as a younger veteran defenseman that gets uh, play next to Rasmus Dolian. But what are the Rangers' equivalents to those guys, right? Obviously, Heedle's going if they make that move because Buffalo's not going to be happy with a package of Bucinavich and Strom. I know we talked about this before on the pod. It's just not going to get it done. We're still talking about Jack Eichel. So if Heedle's yep. going and a Bucinavich maybe to clear some money up. And then on top of those two, is it a Nils Lundqvist? Is it Braden Schneider? Is it a Vitaly Kravtsoft? So once you start getting into that, you can understand why the New York Rangers are taking a very cautious approach to this cycle situation, because these are significant pieces of this young core that they've been building, that if they're going to go on and grab a guy like Jack Eichel, they got to be damn certain that those players are not going to surpass what Eichel could be doing in the lineup this season and beyond. And I'm not saying that they, I wouldn't expect that Eichel's a hell of a player, but once again, you don't know what you're getting this season, at least with the neck injury. So you know, excuse them for taking a cautious approach. A lot of teams around the league are doing it, but they're still absolutely in the mix. Yeah, so you're saying right now that New York and Minnesota would be the two front runners if you had to pick a, a two-horse race right now for Eichel? 
Yeah, right now, if I had to pick, Anaheim has been reluctant to give up Trevor Zegras. Rightfully so. He might he might be the one guy in this whole rumor sphere that's better than Jack Eichel when it's all said and done. I'm really high on Zegras. I know the Anaheim Ducks are. I know the Buffalo Sabres are. That's why they want him. Yep. I think if Anaheim, for some reason, came off the top rope and included him in the talks, it's over. Jack Eichel's going to be an Anaheim Duck. It makes sense. He's the best prospect that's been rumored to go in all these different Eichel trade proposals. And he's out west, so Buffalo doesn't have to deal with him. So if that happens, I think Jack Eichel's an Anaheim Duck. But right now, they're reluctant to do it. And then you're talking the third overall pick from Anaheim, which is just on par with everybody else's assets. So it's still more of a two-horse, three-horse, four-horse race at that point. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think New York and Minnesota are two of the front runners. Speaking about the the state of hockey, obviously Parisa and Suter are bought out. And it's a little surprising. I know Suter said that he didn't expect it, but two things on this. One, so obviously the Islanders seem like they're in on Parise, as they should be. The Islanders' power play was abysmal. He could really help. He didn't play often in Minnesota. He didn't really get along with the coach there. But do you think there's a likelihood that we see Parise with the Islanders? And I've heard this about maybe even Suter joining as well on a, on a minimum contract. Suter's going to have a ton of options. So will Zach Parise. I mean, they're both talented players that you're going to bring in on a much cheaper deal than what they were getting paid in Minnesota. And they don't yeah. need the money because they're getting checks signed by Bill Guerin and the Minnesota Wild while they're playing wherever their next stop may be. I think with Zach Parise, the writing's been on the wall that he's going to end up a New York Islander at some point. That's no secret. I'm not breaking any news here. Everybody knows it. Um, in terms of Ryan Suter, he's going to have plenty of options and – Obviously, the Islanders are a very, very big cup contender in the National Hockey League now, as crazy as that is to say, looking back over the know, past right? 10 years. They're one of the titans of the league right now. But I think he's going to have plenty of options. That guy's got a chip on his shoulder. It's possible he just stays out west with one of those teams, whether it's a Vegas on a cheap deal or a Colorado or a St. Louis. I don't know if Suter's going to come with Parise, but I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that the Islanders are the heavy favorite for Zach Parise. And do you think that he could play much better and maybe in a smaller role? You know, I'm thinking third line alongside Paz going up Palmieri if the honors do bring him back. Do you think we could expect him to have a bump in his offensive production or do you think he's more in the, the lower end? He's going to be a veteran and that veteran, you know, in the locker room on and off the ring and do the little things. I think the latter that you just mentioned over the former at this point, I mean, it's not like he's been a world beater in Minnesota. He hasn't been playing great. He's still been playing decent hockey, but he's not what he was in New Jersey. And we've seen, right, that the New York Islanders bring in these veteran names and they're not just throwing them out there to the Wolves. Like, look at Travis Zajac. Travis Zajac did not play every game since he was acquired. And the yeah. Islanders gave up a first-round pick in that deal. I know Paul Mario was the headliner. But you do you did bring in a guy with a veteran leadership presence like Travis Zajac, and he wasn't playing every night. So I think that's more of the role that you'll see Zach Parise in if he ends up with the New York Islanders. I don't think he's going to be a minute eater. I don't think he's going to be the guy that's – scoring 50 60 points you know he'll be he'll be there and he'll fill his role perfectly he's a skilled player who's been around the national hockey league for a long time and if you're a team that wants to st- win a stanley cup you need those guys so he makes the, the fit is perfect the location is perfect obviously with his dad playing for the new york islanders the comfortability with lou lamorello i don't expect him to be anywhere else but the islanders but i don't expect him to be an all-star i expect him to be just one of the guys but Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz have built that culture. Uh, that whole team is provi- uh, um, comprised of guys that are just one of the guys. Even Matthew Barzell, who is an all-world talent, is just one of the guys on that franchise. So I think that uh, that's what I would expect out of Zach Parise. 
Yeah, uh, that's awesome because, like you said, he doesn't have to be a superstar. The Islanders have players that need to step up. You spoke about it earlier, bringing back RFA like Bavilia. I know I did an article recently on it, and he's a very streaky guy, and they need guys like that that are really streaky to find a more consistent game because if you're allowing the Parisa to score 25 to 30 goals, you've got a real big problem. Yeah, you do. There's <laughs> <laughs> only one way to put it there. Um you look at, like, I, I kind of want to go back to the Eichel thing, but we'll probably do that in a little bit. So uh, you mentioned Steven Stamkos as one of the names. Um, that's somebody that you didn't think was going to wind up going anywhere, but there were always these ties whenever you see a Stamkos name come out to the Rangers. I know that uh, the Rangers could use a piece like him. People were making the parallels between him and Mark Messier. When Mark Messier came over from Edmonton, he was a captain, a center, and wound up leading them to that cup in 94. So just to briefly go over it, I don't know how much you – are tied into these situations, but anything on Stamkos? I know Ekman Larson was rumored and connected with the Rangers at one point as well, and Gabriel Landeskog's the latest big name to make a headline saying that he might be leaving the Colorado Avalanche. So anything on those three? In terms of Stamkos, I haven't heard anything connecting him to the New York Rangers specifically besides what we went through, mm-hmm. what is it, eight years ago now when he was yep. a free agent and that whole saga went down. Um, but with Steven Stamkos, the player specifically – I've heard he's not as opposed to leaving Tampa Bay as some may think. Um, It's a possibility. Obviously, they'd have to work with him on a destination that works best for him and his family. I mean, that organization owes him a lifetime of respect for what he's given, but uh, what he's given to that organization. But he's not totally opposed to it. I just don't know really where he fits in anymore with any specific team. That's not to say he's a good player, but he's not the Steven Stamkos of – that whole free agent saga back in yep. 2014 or whatever it was, he's not. So you have to have a fit for him in the lineup. You have to have that void of veteran leadership, which points to the New York Rangers. You're not wrong in speculating of the fit, but I think there's a lot of moving parts in order to acquire a guy like Steven Stamkos. That that's why I say it's just not something I see happening. There's so many things that have to happen behind the behind the scenes in order to lead us to the point where Steven Stamkos is not going to be playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, in terms of the other guys you mentioned, Ekman Larson ain't going to be a New York Ranger. I could tell you that. Good. He's open to going anywhere at this point. It's not like we will be dealt with last offseason where he's very selective in his couple teams. He'll go pretty much anywhere that is in Arizona. But I don't think that the New York Rangers are looking for that on their blue line. Maybe a guy like an Alec Martinez, perhaps. I know he's been speculated with the New York Rangers. The fit's there. It's a veteran defenseman. He might come at a little less than Oliver Ekman Larson, and all you're really giving up there is capital. You're not giving up any trade assets because he's a free agent. So scratch Ekman Larson. Stamkos is probably out. Landis Cog, it's an interesting conversation, but I'm not convinced he leaves Colorado yet. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films, they can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. 
Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Uh, I would have to say that I would like to see him hit free agency, just like Alex Petrangelo did last offseason before I'm convinced he's going to be playing anywhere else. I think that'll come down to the 11th hour. What about, um, you know, you said, said we're talking about Suter earlier. What about him with the Rangers? I feel like him on the back end might be a good fit. You think so, Brandon? No? No, no, no. I'd you don't want any more older? Yes. No, you don't. For the fit-wise, yes. I, that would be yeah. one of the most interesting opening night reactions I've ever seen, though. Because Rangers fans will support you if you're a Ranger. But at the same time, that guy destroyed so many hopes and dreams in 2014. So I would I would honestly pay just for them to sign him to a one-day contract and see him skate out on opening night just to see what uh, what reaction he got from the fans. What's the latest on Martinez? You think he's going back to Vegas or going somewhere else, Mr. Donardi? I think he'll end up somewhere else. Vegas has got some cap issues, and Vegas also has a lot to do. I think they need a number one center, and that's one team. It's the elephant in the room that we're not talking about in Jack Eichel. Who knows what Vegas is up to? Bill Foley has a lot of you-know-what, in the, and mm-hmm. we've seen it in the past offseason as an owner, to give his front office free reign to do whatever they want in terms of winning him a Stanley Cup. So it's an elephant in the room. We're not really talking about it. They have assets to give up. Believe it or not, Vegas has a stockpile that – could be enough to make it work in some weird way. Maybe you get a third team involved that takes Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, he's the heart and soul of that team. Or Robin Leonard. Maybe a team takes Robin Leonard as a third team that needs goaltending. Buffalo needs goaltending. I don't think Robin Leonard will end up back in Buffalo. But oh, That's not good for anyone. Yeah, I don't think it's good for him or the organization. But, like, they could make it work, Vegas. And we're not really talking about that. But I think that's where their focus is going. They are going to keep hammering at the star player, the number one center, the number one defenseman, the number one goalie, till they win a Stanley Cup. If it comes at the expense of a guy like Alec Martinez walking because there's better opportunities or more money, it's next man up in Vegas. So now we can get to uh, Seattle, unless, Brendan, you wanted to say something else on that? No. So, yeah, so obviously, expansion draft's coming up real soon. Was it next week? So big things coming there. I guess we'll talk about Islanders, Rangers first. Are you hearing a lot about certain players being protected. I know you were talking about different moves, but there are, are there key guys you're hearing that, right, like Seattle's definitely in on those guys? In terms of the Islanders and Rangers, not to my knowledge. Obviously, we know from Arthur Staple um, of The Athletic that the Islanders have been looking into moving Nick Letty uh, to yeah. avoid losing him for nothing. I haven't heard anything on the Rangers side of things, but that's just because, like we've mentioned before, the Rangers play everything close to chest. It's hard to find out information out of them sometimes. Um they did re-sign Nick Howden. Uh, Nick Howden. Jesus, it's a blast from the past. They did re-sign Brent Howden. <laughs> we don't um, them re-signing Nick Holden. Uh, Nick Holden, yep. <laughs> they, they re-signed Brent Howden uh, to a one-year contract. That now gives them the ability to expose them, expose him in the uh, expansion draft if they choose to do so. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it definitely makes you ponder some things there. Maybe Colin Blackwell's more of a favorite of the new go- uh, coaching staff. Maybe... Rooney, Kevin Rooney's a favorite of the coaching staff. So who knows who they're taking from the Rangers at this point. But the Rangers set up really well in terms of the expansion, Jeff, just because of how many young guys they have and how many exemptions of guys they don't actually have to protect. Um, One interesting thing, I don't know if you guys saw as we're recording this, that the Montreal Canadiens will not be protecting Shea Weber. But the thing there is... Injury concern, correct? There's injury concerns, and many are not even sure he'll play within the next two seasons, let alone next year. He might be really? out very long-term, if not done with his National Hockey League career, uh, career. 
That's courtesy of Renault Lavoie of TVA, which is the Canadian, um, French Canadian TSN outlet that they have up there. So it's good information and there's obviously injury concerns. So they're going to leave him unprotected. Uh, Jeff Skinner is another big name. I know it's kind of out of the realm of the Rangers and Islanders that you do, but he's a big name that's waived his no movement clause. It helps Buffalo out. I can't see Seattle taking him because no. of that contract. But then again, let's just talk about who's in that Seattle decision-making room. Jason Botterill, who gave him that contract with the Buffalo Sabres. So if he's a stubborn enough gentleman to say, listen, I'm going to make this contract work, maybe, but I doubt it because it'll just kill their cap situation. And as we've seen with the uh, front office hires in Seattle, they're very analytics and uh, forward-thinking team there. In the front office, so Jeff, uh, Jeff Skinner doesn't make much sense. Um, How then? For, as far as that, no, no other players that I've seen that's been out of the norm. I mean, there's some connections that I've heard over the past couple of weeks, and I'll tweet those out over the next couple of days as we see the expansion drafts, kind of uh, the draft protection lists come final and get released by the National Hockey League. Um, until then, I'm going to reserve those comments for that time. But I don't expect Seattle to be this world-beating team like Vegas was. Everybody learned from the first time around that they're not cutting an expansion team any breaks. So they're going to be solid. I don't expect them to be basement basement in the league, but no big names. Maybe Jacob Voracek. That's probably the biggest name that could end up in Seattle for next season because the Flyers are leaving him unprotected. He's willing to waive his no-movement clause. And Dave Haxtell is the head coach of the Seattle Kraken. So maybe Jacob Voracek. He might be their all-star. You know, I love when we talk about things or we talk about on the show or you tweet out months ago and then things come to fruition because people don't want to believe you and then they have no choice because you're spot on. But we talked about Drager on Florida. Are you confident that he will be with uh, Seattle? It's interesting that you brought it up because I brought that up on the show. And yeah. I tell people all the time, just because I don't tweet it doesn't mean I'm not saying it. You got to listen to the podcast I do and I always try to plug you guys and the other shows that Appreciate I've done. You got to You got to listen because sometimes I'm not going to give you everything on Twitter. You actually have to do work for yourself. So this isn't a, <laughs> I'm not charging anything. You guys have to do some work to figure out my information. Um, yeah. I'm still confident that he's going to get taken by Seattle, even uh, even though he is a uh, unrestricted free agent. Therefore, it might be a deal worked out where Seattle doesn't take anybody else, and maybe Florida gives a fifth or a sixth condition uh, round conditional pick, and Drager's the guy that goes there. Drager is the guy that goes there, and they don't take anybody else. But I'm pretty confident he's going to be between the pipes in some form or another, whether he's the starter or the backup. That's up to the coach to make that call. But I see the fit there. We've talked about it before. I've heard that. So I don't expect anything different. Also, congratulations on getting your Duncan Keith thing spot on. I know you, month, like a month or two ago, you said Keith to Edmonton, it just made, it's going to happen. And again, no one Caleb believed you. Jones, but- Caleb Jones <laughs> in the pick, and nobody believed me. And everybody says it's speculative. And I got no clue, but I just keep doing it. And. Time and time again, people keep complaining, and you're bragging, you're this, you're that. But at the end of the day, listen, like I said, there's no free rides in this business and trying to get what's mine because Friedman and Dreger and LeBron walk out there. They tweet it an hour before it happens, and everybody bows down to them. So, you know, if you want the scoops first, come over to NRD. Yeah, I love that. That's a tag, man. That's great. Um, Speaking about that trip. One scoop that I kind of want to try to get out of you, if you know. I'm not sure if you do, but is you hearing anything on the third assistant for the Rangers? I know they just hired Mike Kelly and Gordon Murphy uh, to go alongside Gallant. So are you hearing anything about who the final assistant coach might potentially be? Not a clue. But I don't think, sorry to cut, I mean, be very blunt with you, not a clue. But I don't expect it to be Chris Knobloch, who's the coach of the Hartford uh, Wolfpack. 
just because Chris Jury obviously was the general manager of that organization, and he hired him for a reason to work with the younger guys down there. So I don't see them pulling him from what he's been doing with the prospects to work with the Rangers, work work with the big club. His voice is already respected in the organization. He'll be in some of those meetings when they talk about the younger guys, but he doesn't need to be behind the bench for the Rangers. Obviously, you weren't shocked with the return that Chicago got for Duncan Keith, but looking at that, how, do you think that move drastically impacts the market right now? Because, you know, some people thought maybe salary would be retained. It wasn't. Does this move really have lasting impact on how this market goes in the offseason? It's surprising that salary wasn't retained because at the time of when I got that scoop, I, I, been, I was told from the get-go Chicago wanted Caleb Jones and Edmonton wasn't really hesitant to give up Caleb Jones because he was a guy that they feared that they were going to lose in the expansion draft. Gotcha. He was the type of guy with uh, positive underlying numbers and all that that Seattle really valued in their front office. So whatever word they got that he might end up being a member of the Kraken, they were okay with giving him in that trade because they were getting some form of a tangible asset back in Duncan Keith. And to your point, just kind of going off on a tangent here, Caleb Jones doesn't make or break the Chicago Blackhawks' pursuit of Seth Jones' brother. They, he was a guy that they wanted regardless of whether they get Seth Jones or not. Certainly doesn't hurt. Because this whole thing about Seth Jones is is his comfortability in re-signing and extending with the team he gets traded to. I know like the Philadelphia Flyers have been hot on Jones's case for a couple of weeks now, and then things have cooled off because his camp has put out the feelers that unfortunately he might not be resigning in Philadelphia right now. So the big thing is where are you gonna get Seth Jones to resign? Certainly doesn't hurt that Caleb is there now in Chicago as they're pursuing Seth, but I don't think it's a make or break to their cause. Um, yeah, that would help the Jones parents out immensely. You don't have to travel all over the place to see both your kids play. But um, so again, about Seth Jones, do you think that Chicago will be the landing spot? Or is there another team besides the Flyers that is more on top of getting him? Flyers, Chicago. I, you know, obviously they it would be hard for them to get it done, and they just resigned Brendan Carlo. Speculatively speaking, I think the Bruins would be a hell of a fit for Seth Jones, just because they need another top tier defender next to Charlie McAvoy. I think that we saw in their series versus the New York Islanders, that their defense and their depth on defense was one of their main issues. Um, but that's not happening. No other teams that I could really point to right now at this point because of the assets they'd have to give up to make that trade. I do know that Seth Jones would be very comfortable re-signing with the Dallas Stars, but they have their own issues to worry about with Mira Heskinen. So once they get that figured out, maybe they'll jump in the fray. Or the Colorado Avalanche, we've heard, are comfortable enough to acquire Seth Jones that they don't care whether he resigns there or not because they think that they're going to win the Stanley Cup next season. I know they've been saying that for the past three or four years, but they really do believe it this time, guys. Trust me. So if Colorado makes that move, I don't think they're going to require a extension there. He obviously might not be opposed to re, uh, resigning in Colorado. I believe his dad did play there when he were there in the NBA, and I, he do think he was born at that point maybe. Well, uh, well, his dad, Popeye Jones, was playing for the um, Denver Nuggets. But um, as far as that goes, it's just going to come down to a team that wants to get him to agree to sign an extension, almost a sign and trade of sorts. Other than that, though, no other new suitors that I've heard of right now. Awesome, awesome. Brendan, if you don't have any more questions on him, I think we should get to some fan questions, shall we, Brendan? Is that good with you? All right, yeah. All right, so I, I have one funny one I want to kick off with just because it made me chuckle. Maybe make, He said, uh, someone asked, how does Mr. NRD avoid lose Hitman? You know, when you're dealing with, you know, talking about, um, 
know, insider scoops and stuff. Are there teams that you've talked to where they talk about they're not happy with giving you information, they're very secretive? Because obviously we know Lula Murillo is very quiet. You really don't find out about anything until it happens. But are there, are there certain teams like the Islanders where it's, it's real tough to get information? Yeah, as I mentioned a couple times just before the New York Rangers, just because their organizational structure and their their access to the media that they allow. Like New York Rangers have a very select group of people they talk to. Larry Brooks. So that's the one thing that everybody asks me about, like Larry Brooks, when he puts out, you know, a column or something like that. I, I tend to listen to what Larry Brooks says because he's one of those guys that the New York Rangers organization trusts. They kind of leak things through him. Um, the Islanders are the same way with Lou Amarell. They have their select few guys that they kind of talk to. Steve Eiserman was the same way with Tampa Bay. It's gotten a little bit better in Tampa Bay now with Julian Brisebois running the show. But now that's transferred over to Detroit. You can't hear really much out of Detroit because of uh, Steve Eiserman. So there's some guys that try to avoid NRD. Mark Bergevin was one of them until I scooped the towel. It's fully signing last offseason. Now he can't escape me. But bring back, bring this back to Lou Lamorello. I think there's um not that Lou Lamorello probably knows who in the hell I am, but I think there's a certain no, no one knows who in the hell you are. I, I think I think if you if you've seen the movie The Godfather, you know the Corleones respected the other families, right? They, they fought at the lower levels, right? The little yeah. the, the the minions fought, but you know the top dogs didn't really get into much beef with one another because there's a respect level between them. And I think after the Johnny Boyce Chuck stuff last off season, that was supposed to be very secret and very close to the chest. But I had the story three weeks before. I think that the uh, New York Islanders kind of backed off my case a little bit. They didn't realize who they were dealing with. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have another person that knows more about the Islanders, so that's always good. Um, a couple more Islander ones for you. You just spoke about Boychuk. Are there any plans you're hearing about him maybe joining the coaching staff? I know they want to keep him as an advisor with the team because obviously he means a lot on and off the ice to this team. I don't know about the coaching staff, but they've kept him close um, yeah. over, over the past year since he's retired. And, you know, it's very sad to see him retire. I still think about that time and time again when people ask me about scoops that I've heard previously just because he's a hell of a player. And it's not, you know, I'm not just saying this about me and when I've tweeted. Johnny Boychuk gave his heart and soul to the game of hockey, and it was sad to see he him did. go out with that eye injury. Um, but I do think they'll leave him close to the organization. I don't know specifics about coaching staff or anything like that. But he has been involved since he's retired. He has been seen in press boxes, scouting and whatnot for the yep. Islanders. So maybe they're priming him for some sort of role. I don't know what it may be, but I don't expect that to stop. So um, contract talks. Are you hearing anything about the Islanders potentially moving Lad? Because honestly, out of all the contracts that are poor contracts, Lad's got to be up there as a top one. So you're hearing anything on that. And also, anything new on Tzadikis that you can report? Because obviously the Islanders would love to retain him. It might be worth more than they could afford right now. I agree with your point there. As uh, I've said it a couple of times after people have asked me on Twitter that Casey Sezikis is one of those guys that he will get more money on the open market than what Lou will be, afford, be able to afford to give him. And that's just a fact just because of who the Islanders have to resign. If he really wants to see this process through, maybe he takes a hometown discount to stay with yeah. the Islanders. And I don't think that's off the table at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen Lou get guys to buy in to the system and take – a little less to end up back with the Islanders. But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sezikis test the market just because of how much money he'd be leaving on the table if he didn't. So don't freak out, Islanders fans, if you see Sezikis not signed before free agency kicks in. I think it's just him doing you know, the right thing as a player. He's earned that right to hit unrestricted free agency and hear other teams out. I don't think the sun is set on him with the New York Islanders, but 
he can get a lot more money out there. In terms of Andrew Ladd that you just mentioned, it's going to be tough to move that deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Lou has been trying. I mean, it's no <laughs> secret. Even if I don't have the concrete information on it, it's no secret that Lou Lamarell has been trying to move that contract. It's just too damn hard to do. And with the flat cap for the next couple of seasons still ongoing, it's going to – you'd have to give up almost significant assets almost to the point where you're hurting your team just to get rid of that contract. So I don't see it as something that the New York Islanders are going to be able to pull off. It's kind of one of those – old ugly pieces of furniture you have in your house. It's like, nobody's sitting it. Just leave it there. Don't even pay attention to it. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe if you have a party, it's useful because somebody could sit there. Like maybe if the Islanders need a, a warm body in the room, they could put Andrew Ladd in the lineup if he's healthy or if he's not. But I, I just can't see them moving the contract. Last right. one for me before we get to Brennan Sarban. One more. Um, Leo Komarov. Obviously, Barry Trotz is very high and I mean, he was playing top line minutes, which again, I got a lot of Islander fans really pissed off but at the same time. Barry Trotz knows his team, knows what he needs. You think we see him get moved as well? I don't believe so. Just because okay. of, like you mentioned, how much Barry Trotz respects him and uses, yeah. utilizes him in the lineup. Once again, he's another one of those guys that obviously has a lot of intangibles that you can't teach, um, and it's well-respected around the league. But as we see some of these teams drive a more analytics-thinking approach in their front offices, like the Seattle's and the Vegas Golden Knights, the Buffalo Sabres, who just made a big analytics hire in their front office, Florida Panthers. Like, there's not many options for a guy like Leo Komarov on a team like that. So if you know what you have, like if Barry Trotz knows what he has in Leo Komarov in the locker room and in the lineup, you might as well keep a guy like that and let him play out his contract because he does bring a ton of value to the New York Islanders, right? Like, I I know countless Islander fans complain sometimes when he's getting first-line minutes and other guys are shafted down the lineup, but, like, he does bring value to that team, and it it are it is those in the form of those intangibles that we can't see or we can't chart down. And I think there's a great great value in analytics in the National Hockey League, but there is also those things like veteran presence and heart and soul that you add to the lineup that Leo Komarov does. And we don't know what goes on in that locker room, so I can't see him ending up anywhere else just because he, the fit is there with the New York Islanders. So why would you move a guy like that? Yeah, my mindset is if Zizekas does walk, he can play center, and maybe he fills in as the fourth-line center for that for that uh, line. But thanks for answering the, the Islander questions there, Brendan. I know you got a couple of Ranger questions you want to get to. Yeah, just two that really stood out. The first was, uh, what do you see as a potential package for Eichel? I know you briefly touched on it, and you said that like a Lundqvist or Strom, uh, not Strom, Schneider, excuse me, would be the, the other piece. But if you could just highlight quickly what you think the Sabres will be asking for. Um, from the Rangers. You're going to get me in a lot of trouble here because I'm going to give you some names and then whoever watches this podcast, which I hope everybody does because I implore you to listen to what we've talked about tonight so far. It's very important information that you may or may not see in my Twitter feed. So definitely listen in. But then again, you're listening if you're hearing me say that. So it's kind of a <laughs> point. But you're going to get me in trouble because I'm going to say, I'm going to rattle off this list of names and then people are going to say that NRD is reporting that this is the package for Jack Eichel. So let me be clear. It's not. No. This is all speculative based on what I've heard along the way. But we'll if we're note. talking a Jack Eichel package from the New York Rangers, you're talking Filipino going to Buffalo. You're talking a Pavel Buchnevich because of the salary matchup, just because you know money has to come in and out somewhere um, just to help both teams. You're talking a Nils Lundqvist or a Braden Scheider. I think Buffalo's going to hold out for a Capo Caco. I don't know if the Rangers are comfortable doing that. I genuinely don't. We can all assume that they don't want to give up Capo Caco. 
But who knows what Chris Jury's thinking? I certainly don't. And I can tell you that Buffalo would want him. Obviously, he's a superstar player in uh, in waiting. I think he does have potential to be a top player in the National Hockey League. So those are kind of the names that you're going to hear in the mix. I think the Rangers value Ryan Strom a ton. I mean, he has great chemistry with Artemi Panarin. And whoever they've stuck on the other side of his wing, whether it's Jesper Faust or Colin Blackwell this year, he's worked well with. I think he's one of those glue guys that has kind of like a Leo Komarov, maybe a little bit more offensively driven than Leo Komarov. But Strom is one of those guys that you see the value he has on your team. So it's hard for you to kind of move him anywhere else because then you're just going to be looking for his replacement, right? Yep. So I don't see Strom going in that deal. And Strom's also great insurance because you never know what happens with Mika Zibanejad, right? So if you bring in a guy like Jack Eichel and then Zibanejad wants $9.5, $10 million a year because he goes out and is a world beater next year and you might not be able to afford him, you still need some centers in the lineup, right? And you're giving up Philip Edel if you're getting a uh, Jack Eichel. So uh, Strom not included, uh, Buchnevich possibly because of salary cap, but you're looking at some of the bigger prospect names, whether it's the Braden Schneiders, the Nils Lundqvist, the Vitaly Kravtsovs perhaps, and then on the extreme end, the Capo Caco, if, uh, if Buffalo doesn't want to hold out for anything else. All right. So, and then kind of just to piggyback off that, which I actually do like this question. If the Rangers fail to get Jack Eichel and something goes on where either they, they don't see him as a fit due to the medical records or uh, he goes somewhere else, do you think they pivot and go after somebody like Dvorak from Arizona or not a as big a name center, but somebody to fill a, a depth spot there? I do think they're going to build on the front end. You know, the Rangers have done an excellent job reforming that blue line. I mean, we're talking about the blue line of six, seven years ago with Girardi and McDonough yep. and Kevin Klein and some all-star hitters there. I probably forgot a couple of names here or there. But, like, now you're kind of seeing the new wave of that with Keandre Miller and Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, right? They're kind of the new Rangers defenseman names that we've all come to know and love. Um, so they're going to build up front. I don't know if it's going to be Christian Javorak. It might be a Connor Garland. I know he's been linked a ton to the Boston Bruins, but he – there's potential for him to be moving on from the Arizona Coyotes as well. And he's one of those guys that could play the top six. He hasn't really gotten the opportunity to thrive in Arizona because of how that team's been built over the past couple of years. But he's a guy I could see the Rangers looking into. I know we talked about Gabriel Landeskog speculatively. I don't still don't think he hits the market, but he makes a ton of sense in a Gerard Gallant system um, where he kind of lets superstars thrive and have their own identity. Kind of like Vladimir Tarasenko, once again, another guy that I haven't heard anything concrete with the New York Rangers, but makes a ton of sense in that gallant system where he's going to let the young guys kind of learn from the vets and he's going to let the veteran superstars go out there and kind of do whatever the hell they want, right? I I know it's kind of not really answering directly what you asked, but since we're on the topic, I mean, the gallant system, if you want to talk about Gerard Gallant hockey, it wears thin three or four years after he ends up with the team, right? Like we saw him got bounced from Florida after they had success. We saw him get bounced from Vegas after he had a tremendous success. I don't think that Gerard Gallant is going to be the long-term coach of the New York Rangers if he doesn't bring in a Stanley Cup. If we did, if he does, then we're kind of getting somewhere with him. But he's going to be a guy that's in here in the next two years, and they're going to demand excellence from the young guys and maybe a veteran superstar or two. So I think they will add uh, a good forward, a top six forward. I just I can't give you a name right now just because I don't know really what yep. direction they're looking at. Let me throw you a curveball if Brendan's done. I, yep, this one's more yep. of a hard sell question. It's not a hockey question, but it is when we just got in. And it's, what is your favorite thing about being NRD? It's a tough question. Uh, 
getting to do this, you know, you guys have been great. I, I love doing podcasts. I love talking to people. I love interacting with the fans. It's a lot of fun. And to be quite honest with you, I know it's going to make some people upset if they if the wrong people listen to this. But I love pissing off the check marks, right? Like <laughs> they sit there and they button up their suit, and Elliot Freeman looks like Joaquin Phoenix's rendition of the Joker <laughs> half the time, and you know, like they just they're so snobby, right? And hockey. If you think about hockey, right, like we don't have a Adrian Wojnarowski. We have Elliot Friedman, who's great. And, and you know, I rip a lot on Friedman, and I have this anti-Friedman persona. But, obviously, he's the top dog of what we do about this league, you know. But yeah. there's no Schefter of hockey. There's no Woj of hockey. There's no Jeff Passan of NHL hockey. So we don't find out these juicy scoops that, like, Woj gets in the NBA, right? So yeah. I enjoy, you know, kind of filling that void for whatever I do. And some people hate me and some people love me. And then there's indifferent people in the uh, in between that just follow for the content. But I enjoy having fun with the fans. I enjoy kind of interacting, filling that void that hockey doesn't have that one guy that's dropping all these juicy reports. And uh, it's fun to watch. I, I love doing it. And we're going to keep going. Well, we know we could talk to you forever, and obviously you got things to do, but I just want to say I got so many texts today before you came on saying, oh, my God, you got an idea to come on. He's a legend. He's a go. He's awesome. So just, again, you do excellent work. We really do appreciate you coming on this last few times. We definitely want you to come back on again. Maybe next time we'll see your face. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> but um, going to have to think about that. Uh, there yeah. might have it might have to be a big check with my name on involved if you're going to see the face. That's kind of the thing I've been yeah. telling people here and there, but um, – no, I, I love doing it with you guys. I really appreciate you guys, you guys having me on. So big thanks to NRD. You know, a lot of great scoops there. And hopefully we got through a big chunk of the fan questions. I think we actually got to all of them. He spent a lot of time answering that. A lot of great information around some of the biggest names on the market right now. And I can tell you what, the next time he comes on, because I think there will be another time we'll have him on after the expansion draft. And I think the NHL is going to look a heck of a lot different than what it does right now, especially with all these names that are rumored to be swirling around. So big thanks to him. That's episode 41. And we'll see you guys again next week on the back check. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at BackCheckPod. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.